Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. 855-212-4227, the toll-free number. Brought to you by the good folks at GEICO. A 15-minute call, less than 15 minutes, can save you 15% or more on car insurance. It's that simple. They have the GEICO give back. They're better than anybody else out there. Go to them. They're fine folks. Coming up in 40 minutes, Old and Paul and East will join us. We'll talk about the bubble. We'll talk about LeBron. Talk about whether or not he'd play in the bubble. The whole deal. That's coming up at 11.40 a.m. Eastern, 8.40 a.m. Pacific. All right, time to make everybody upset. I was going to bring up fireworks with Pirino, and I said, no, you know what? I've been bringing this up at 11 o'clock. I've been saying I was going to bring it up at 11 (sighs) o'clock. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4CBS. Because you're going to get it. Listen, if you want to call me stupid, go ahead and call me stupid. But I do this every single time it happens, and it's getting to be a point where you're going to have to listen to me at some point about this, and you guys get all worked into a shoot over it, and I don't understand. Well, it's not it's, it's not you guys. The proverbial you guys is the old garden baseball. Yesterday, Masahiro Tanaka takes a comebacker off of Giancarlo Stanton. Now, according to some reports, he was motionless. According to other reports, they were like, no, he's moving. Don't worry. Don't Come on. Stop weirding people out. Either way, he took a comeback right off the dome. And every time this happens, I bring this up and I get yelled at, and I'll just bring it up again, and I'll let you yell at me again. Because you guys say I'm silly, and I keep telling you I'm trying to prevent something horrible from happening. Because when we go in sports, we always wait for something horrible to happen. Really in life, we always are reactionary about this. We wait for something really, really bad to happen before heading it off at the pass. So Masahiro Tanaka takes one right off the dome. And immediately I see on Twitter from the Yankees and all the people, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, hopefully he gets better. And I go, you know, I I remember Gary Carter. I remember John Olerud over at first base. They make the first and third base coaches wear them. I just don't understand why you can't say, hey, you know, you're 60 feet, 6 inches away. Players are more fit than they've ever been. Not stronger, not stronger. Andrew Steen and the whole thing, allegedly. Not stronger, but they're more fit than they've ever been and maybe more naturally strong than they've ever been. Maybe that's the one I should throw in there. The baseballs are wound tighter. Some people call them juiced. And again, you're 60 feet, 6 inches away. It is not that far of a distance. It takes less than a second for the ball to get to the plate. It takes even shorter of an amount of time when the ball's coming off the bat. Is it really that horrible? Am I that much of a heretic to say that, you know what, maybe you ought to put the John Allerud helmet on the pitchers? Is it that bad of an idea? And I, if, if it's that bad of an idea, I need to understand why. I need to understand why it's that bad of an idea. Because, again, Your first and your third base coaches are wearing them. 
Now, John Allerud had something different. Fair. I didn't say put an L screen out there. I didn't say move the pitcher's mound back. I didn't say any of that other stupid stuff. They do it in softball. The only thing I can think of for any people who have a problem with it is tradition, which that goes right out the window when it comes to actual safety, and aesthetic. And, yes, when I look at when I see softball, when the pitcher has the face mask thing on, it, it's a little weird to see at the beginning. You get used to it because, you know, it's, it's for safety. It's for safety purposes. And so I got very expensive pitchers. Pierno, how much does Masahiro Tanaka make? How much does he make in a season? I no, feel like they look that up to the exact yeah, I, I, way he makes I, I, some millions. I, I, yeah, he makes play, makes plenty of money. Yeah. yeah, guys, I just saw David Price on TV. David Price makes over $30 million a year. You, you see the Washington Nationals. These are two of their biggest biggest in investments that they have in Strasburg as well as Max Scherzer. We're talking two 30-plus million dollar pitchers a year. I know that everybody wants to say it's the ragtag the, the ragtag scratching two nickels together Washington Nationals, but they have two $30 million pitchers. I know that that narrative played out because, you know, they, they let Bryce Harper walk, even though they still offered him $300 million, but but still they're paying $60 million plus a year to two, two of their pitchers. I don't know. Maybe a helmet might be okay. Maybe just in in at its lead because I tell you what if I go if I go a step further and I say well what about one of the helmets with the face mask I'm afraid you guys are going to come to my house with, with with pitchforks and with torches if I bring that up because every single time I say this I get the old garden baseball cussing me out telling me that I'm I've lost touch with the game of baseball I don't understand why it's so difficult and I do this every single time because you know what's going to happen is that eventually someone's going to get a comebacker and they're not going to get back up. And that's going to be the end of it. And the Major League Baseball is going to say, okay, we've seen enough because it's going to happen on TV. It's going to happen in front of fans. God, I, I, God forbid it ever happens. But if this thing happens when we're all watching when baseball does come back and there's nobody in the stands, that's going to be even uglier. It's going to be an even uglier note for baseball. It's going to happen someday, folks. You know it's going to happen. And I know I can't prevent all injuries and all deaths and all those sort of things. And sports, by their nature, does have an inherent risk of, of injury, significant injury, or even death in certain cases. But I look at it in a, in a lot of different areas because I, I look at the NFL and I say, okay, there was one instance a long time ago where a guy died on a field, I think, in the NFL. A very long time ago. It doesn't happen a whole lot. But brain injuries, head injuries, we have seen that with the uptick and what's happened with CTE after careers, there have been changes made, significant changes made over time. I bring up the Dale Earnhardt scenario in NASCAR constantly. We always wait for something horrible to happen before we act. So I'm just telling you, because I'm trying to head off something terrible happening. When it does happen, and it will happen. Then baseball will mandate a helmet on pitchers. You know that and I know that. Because it will happen on TV. There will be people in the stands. They will be horrified. There will be an outcry. It will drive sports talk radio. It will drive television shows. It will drive everything. Rob Manfred will turn around and be reactionary to it. The owners will be reactionary to it. And they will say, we can't have this anymore. Sorry, we have to mandate this. You know and I know they'll do that. And I think, what's the point of waiting until then? Why let somebody be the martyr so we can say that they don't die in vain out there in a pitcher's mound? It's 60 feet, 6 inches away. 
It's a very tight amount of space. Guys are as strong or as, as fit as they've ever been. The baseball is as tight as it's ever been. We're going to keep waiting? I'm, I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. I'm not the type of person that's afraid of everything. I'm not. There's some times where, yeah, you know what, I know I got three kids. I Sometimes I let them go ahead and hurt themselves because I know it's going to teach them a lesson. Just like my dad did and my dad's dad did. I do the same thing what a lot of dads do. But I do usually get this pushback of when I bring up now Masahiro Tanaka and other guys when they get these comebackers. It's like, it's a simple thing. Again, I'm not bringing up an L screen. I'm not saying a pitcher's a, a pitching machine. I'm not saying any one of those other things. Not any one of these other things. I'm saying, why not just the John Olerud, Gary Carter, catcher-style helmet on top where you just put it on their dome and they go out there and pitch in it? It's not going to get rid of all injuries. It's not going to stop comebackers. Guys are going to get hit, and guys could still get seriously injured even wearing those helmets. I, I know that. I know that. But you have to think that if that helmet's on, it has to be able to mitigate some risk, right? Remember, they wear helmets down when they're hitting. So if I can throw the pitch and I can actually control where that goes, at least I think I can as a professional Major League Baseball pitcher, I think I can control where that goes. I'm paid to control where that goes. Every now and then things happen. I get that. And they have to wear a helmet. I'm looking at this in simple common sense. If I'm throwing the ball and they're wearing the helmet, they trust me with the exception of a certain few, and maybe some Astros might find out this year, that I'm going to put that pitch somewhere where they can hit that ball and not hit them in the ear. Wouldn't it make sense that on the other end, again, 60 feet, 6 inches away, where I can't really control because it's coming off a bat, wouldn't it make sense that if I can't really control that, wouldn't it make sense that that person wears a helmet? The catcher wears a bunch of equipment. He's right there. It makes sense. The guys down the first and second base line, or first and third base lines, they wear helmets. It makes sense. And by the way, how did that get happen? Because a guy at third base died one time in minor league baseball a handful of years ago. So we'll just wait until somebody actually doesn't get up. But every time I do this, and you can tell I am frustrated about this because every time I do this, plenty of people get in. Danky Dane, Danky Dan. Should baseball players wear football helmets? Might fix the problem right quick. Okay, that's fine. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. I know I get, I know I get, I get ridiculed for it. People say it's stupid. I'm sure Pierno's rolling his eyes as hard as he possibly can right now. No, I'm not. I mean, you should ask me first. Don't jump to that conclusion. Well, usually, like, I, I, I assume you're on the opposite side of me for no, basically well, what's everything. What's the big deal? You know, you're not making any drastic changes to so how you the actually games agree being with, played. You're, you might I mean, be the why first not maximize the head protection? Because as you said, if someone unfortunately does get hit in the head and gets killed, then you know for a fact, I guarantee the pitchers yeah. will be wearing helmets after that. So if they're going to be, if you implement that rule anyway, why should we have to lose a life over it before it happens? I, and, and, and people say, well, it doesn't happen all the time. I, how many cars have I been in? How many times have I gotten on the road and I've not gotten in a wreck? Do I still have to wear a, wear a seatbelt in all the 50 states? Yes. 
I've gotten in cars thousands and thousands and thousands of times. I've been in two auto accidents in my life. Yeah, when it comes to any like kind of alterations with uniforms, or anything, I don't get crazy. Who cares if the pitcher wears a helmet? I That's mean, what you know. Remember when like the NBA when the NBA players they were starting to put uh, the logos on the jerseys, the the corporate sponsors, people like freaking out over that. Like, who cares? A little patch on the jersey. It's like you know, I'm not going to change it. It's not going to make me not like the game or going to distract me uh, from anything that's going out on the basketball court. I mean, so the pitcher wears a helmet. Who cares? You're not going to like baseball now because of that? I, I just don't understand. And maybe, may, hey, maybe I'm a little bit too sensitive to it myself because any time I've brought it up till now, maybe people just don't care that much. Maybe it's because baseball hasn't had a whole bunch going on over the last couple of months. They've had a lot of problems. They've pushed a lot of people away. But I saw the video of Masahiro Tanaka. I saw him down on the I saw him down on the mound. I, yeah, he, he moved around a little bit. Giancarlo Stanton was already really upset by what he did. Hell, he could barely keep himself together with what he did. Why have that situation? Like, yes, there will be comebackers in the future. If they put the helmets on now, there will be comebackers in the future. There will be injuries in the future. Hell, something serious still might happen in the future. I can't guarantee that. If a guy gets one right in the kisser, well, that's the helmet's not going to be able to protect just that as well. So I, I understand that there is still going to be some inherent risk. Why not mitigate it the best we can? They're professional pitchers. Some of these guys are thirty-plus million dollar a year pitchers. These are incredible investments. They're the most important position on the field. They hold all the power. They hold all the power for themselves, for their teammates, for their managers, for their organizations. In a lot of cases, for whether or not their fans win championships with their pitching staff, you don't want to protect them. A guy at second base, a guy at first base. They get a hot shot. You got a glove. It's part of the game. In the hot corner at third base, you have a glove. You're supposed to be ready. It's part of the game. You don't want to put helmets on them. I'm fine with that. I'm not saying to put everybody in bubble wrap. What I'm saying is you're 60 feet, 6 inches away. It's a tight space. The ball's traveling at over 100 miles an hour. It's a very tightly wound baseball, even though Major League Baseball doesn't want to admit that because they own Rawlings, and if they admit something like that, then if somebody gets hurt, then they're liable for it because they wound the ball tighter. That means that that has a faster trajectory coming off the bat, and that means that they can be sued because they haven't been overwhelmingly honest with everybody out there, but that's something that Major League Baseball isn't going to ever tell you. But I see these videos, and I just I, I shout under the wind because it's, it's, it's just going to happen. Somebody, somewhere is going to die, and I'm going to have to say, well, I, I, I'm not going to do champion's pose over it, but I'm going to say, well, I had to tell you so, and then something bad had to happen. So go ahead, Pirano, record this, because when it does happen, I'm going to have to say it again. But Major League Baseball will just do it then. It's not that big of a deal. It's a batter's helmet on top of a pitcher. It's not that big of a deal. 855-2124-CBS. If you feel the uh, the opposite way, you go right on ahead and tell me. Owen Pawnee is going to join us at 11.40 a.m. Eastern. Also, I got to set off fireworks yesterday. We'll see what Pierno thinks of that. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. Olden Polonese joins us coming up in just about 20 minutes. 15-year NBA vet, current NBA Fox Sports analyst. Do the top five coming up at 12.20 p.m. Eastern. Excuse me. Well, at noon, we'll, we'll, we'll tell you what the top five is. And then at 1.20 p.m. Eastern, I'll actually give my top five. Also, a nice treat. Jordan Dejani will join us coming up at 12.40 p.m. Eastern. 855-2124-CBS. Pierno agrees with me. I'm see. This might be a watershed day for me. Pierno, because Pierno doesn't believe me on, a, on one certain aspect of this, and I want to get to the phones. Let me get to Dan in Kansas City first off. 
He's first up on CBS Sports Radio. I said first up. Now, before we bring in Dan, I spent the last 15 minutes saying, listen, something bad's going to happen. Masahiro Tanako got, got, got a comebacker yesterday. Something bad's going to happen someday. Just put a helmet on the pitchers. Doesn't have to be a great big doesn't it, it, it doesn't mean it have to be like they're playing Halo out there. Just put on the John Olerud helmet on him. And before I've been laughed off the radio, now I got Dan who agrees with me. Go ahead, Dan. Hey Ken, how you doing? Glad to have you. Go ahead. Alright. I'm recovering from last night. I drank too much. But So did I. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I uh I agree with you. I I was at the I in Kansas City at the event when Owen Hart the wrestler fell and died. I was there. I saw it live and I was 16 17 years old. And right after that there was another wrestler Sting that would always drop down from the rafters. That ended right then. Mm-hmm. But it took somebody dying to, and by the way, please put me on pause because I'm on the phone, and or I mean on hold so I can hear your response. Oh, but uh, he uh, it took something. It took somebody's life to change what they were doing, and the the simple thing. I don't even care if they have the face mask, like a, a softball player. Just protect those guys. It it just to me and and Dan, thank you for the call. Put Dan on hold so he can he can hear this. I, I should say, and I hope and Dan can hopefully hear this. If you get a chance, Vice has a series called Dark Side of the Ring. It's phenomenal. Now, some of the wrestling people out there they think it's a little too short because it's forty four minutes forty four minutes apiece. They can't go in depth. They can't make it a three hour long extravaganza. It's an episodic tele. It's an episodic series of television that's based on documentary, and it's very, very well done. And the last episode of this season was on Owen Hart, and it had the first. I think it was the first on camera interview with his wife Martha, and it's very well done. It's sad. It's extremely sad, but it's very well done, and it shows all the stuff that went into it. Owen Hart trusting people he really shouldn't have trusted there. The type of hook that he was strapped to. The problem with that hook, I mean, some of it is some of it's a little bit disturbing, but it's a very, very well done series, and there's other great episodes of it. Well, unpaid testimonial, it shows you a lot about that. What, what Dan is saying, and it's the same thing as what I'm saying, we are just always reactionary to things, and I know it's because it's difficult. Our lives are based on personal freedom. Our lives are based in this country on life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, the whole thing that we learned from our very first day in kindergarten. So it's very hard for me to sit there and tell you, this is for your own good without something bad happening. There's two sides to this. But we just always, always are reactionary. Yeah, I'm a big NASCAR fan. It's one of the most dangerous things in the world that you can do. And for a long time, in auto racing in general, they actually thought at the very beginning of it, they thought it was better to be thrown from the car during a wreck to, to be ejected from the car during a wreck so you weren't around it. Later on, they realized after many people died, that really wasn't the truth. Then there's the advancements in safety. There's the advancements of what goes on on the track. There's the advancements of what goes on to protect the people in the grandstands from going up. And none of it's perfect. There will always be a scenario where somebody put, somebody is put in great harm and in great danger. 
and ends up being put in a situation where they may pass, especially in something like motorsports. I love motorsports, but every year you see something horrible happens. As much as we try to do it, it's it's insanely dangerous. Even this year at the Daytona 500, when, when Ryan Newman had the problem, it was amazing that it was maybe the bar that he instituted that he wanted to be put into, his, put into cars in NASCAR is the one that might have saved him, but that was a scary moment for everybody involved. Usually, it goes the opposite ways. Hate to say this, but a guy like Ryan Newman passes, and we look for ways to improve safety, and then we make it better. It is nine times out of ten that way. So the only thing I look at it is says, we know that this is we're given evidence that eventually this is going to do something really bad. Most guys get up, maybe they're out for a week, maybe they're out for two weeks. Sometimes they've had broken jaws. Most guys are in some sort of a position to somehow, some way, put a glove up in front of their face, protect themselves. And I know that just by putting a helmet on them, the John, I just keep calling it the John Oliver because I'm thinking about a guy in, in the field. If I just put a catcher's helmet on, the traditional old catcher's helmet that's just the dome, and put that on them with the bill, wouldn't that mitigate some of the risk? Because it's just going to happen again. And I know it doesn't happen in every single game, and probably by the stats of it, and I'm just guessing off the top of my head, it probably doesn't happen a lot. But you have to think about the optics of something like this. Is it worth it for Major League Baseball? Is it worth it for the owners? Because that's who you have to worry about. When this all passes and fans start to go into the game, is it worth it for somebody to have that chance to die right out there in the field on television in front of thousands of people and have that all over the news for the next week until you make a decision? Oh, and also the family is going to come after you as well, and they should. Is it going to be worth it, or is this something we could say, listen, we've had enough of this. I know it's it's still a low percentage, but we should really talk about this. And I know they've kind of half-assed it before. I've seen the outside the lines with a weird inner liner that pitchers don't like. It's just been, to me, a, a pretty big half-assed type of deal for them. But you see the comebacker, and I know by statistics it doesn't happen a whole bunch, but I also know by statistics that I'm not going to get in a wreck every single time I get in a car. I brought it up with Pierre in the last segment. I've been in a car thousands and thousands and thousands of times. Passenger, driver, whatever it is. You make me wear a seatbelt in all 50 states, the chances of me getting in a wreck are pretty, pretty low. So just, I don't know, maybe it's just better for business if you if you put on a helmet, let pitchers go out there and pitch, and yeah, because one guy might end up having a problem. It's better than having to deal with the fallout from something like that. Vinny in Arizona, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, thank you for my call. How are you, sir? Good, good. Go ahead, Vinny. So, first and foremost, I have to agree with you. Uh, I pitched in my, like, rec league, pitch league, and this okay. year they finally mandated that all pitchers must wear a mask, whether it's the highest the leagues you could play in or the lowest the leagues because too many people were going middle and just smoking the pitcher. And, I mean, I've been blown up a few times, never in the head, thankfully, but, I mean, I've I've always worn them out even before this just because I have work in the morning. And I'm not making Clayton Kershaw money playing the pitch. So... To do anything I can to protect myself so I can make it to work the next day to provide for my family. 
yeah, I'm going to take those precautions. I mean, you guys can call it whatever you want it, but I'd rather be See, safe than sorry. I'll tell you what, Vinny, and Vinny, thank you very much for the call. You you take it to a different level than I even take because I, I didn't even think about the guys like you. I'm just sitting there looking at it going from, just, from Major League Baseball standing. And they do this in softball. And maybe to some limited extent they do it in baseball and like Little League Baseball and college and high school baseball. And Vinny's saying even in his league that he, he plays in at just as an amateur hanging out with his buddies, that they, they, they mandated the, the face mask for guys so they don't get banged up if they get a comeback or they're right in their face. I always thought about it a little bit differently. Like, again, David Price opt out of his, opted out of the season for this year. David Price is a $30 million a year pitcher. There are guys there that you would look at and say these guys are huge investments – these are we're paying them twenty, thirty plus million dollars a year. Would you not want your biggest investment, which are usually the pitchers, would you not want your biggest investment to be healthy to be able to pitch the next time out and be able to protect them? You're in a very close proximity. Everybody around you, except the pitcher, has some form of protective equipment. The batter there. The better you go, good God, look at Barry Bonds. The guy was basically Megatron walking up to the plate. You have catchers, which you have catcher, catcher's equipment. You have the umpires that have umpire's equipment. Down the first and third base lines, the players do not at first and third base have protective equipment other than their gloves and their readiness. The coaches, they have helmets on because why? One guy died in AAA baseball a handful of years ago, which is sad, but it's something that would probably happen to a pitcher at some point, except we're going to see that on national television. So it just makes more sense. Eight five five two one two four CBS. I have to explain something to Pierno when we come back. Also, Olden Paulney's going to join us. 15-year NBA vet. We'll talk NBA with him. We'll talk the bubble with him and some of these unrestricted free agents deciding, eh, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to get ready for the 2020-2021 season. All right, I'm a little bit embarrassed. Before we bring on Olden, and we're going to bring him on here in like 30 seconds, I promise. Pierno, I swear to God, it's not a straw man. I, I Anthony Lima will be on, I think, next Sunday. He will are be wor- from San Diego. Okay, are you wor- are you working next Sunday? I will be here next Sunday. Ask him. People were calling me up when I brought this up on the air two years ago, laughing while I was bringing this up. People were calling and laughing at me. I swear to God. Well, we haven't but- had one person call to this morning saying they disagree, disagree with you. Yeah, I know. I know. I thought I was going to get laughed off the air. I swear to you. I swear you thought, to you. You thought I was going to crush you. You were wrong. I know. I'm sorry. It sounds like a straw man. I, I swear to you it wasn't a straw man. But I'm glad tastes have changed. I'm glad people are, are agreeing with me. This is this is nice. That's nice for a change. Guy, we'll see if this guy agrees with me. Olden Polonese joins us on the show. 15-year NBA vet, current Fox Sports uh, NBA analyst. Find him on Twitter at Olden Polonese one joins us on the show. Olden, thanks for joining us, my friend. Well, thank you for having me on. All right, first up, the bubble idea. Something you would be comfortable with if you were a player. Personally, I'd be comfortable with it, but in the in the grand scheme of things of today's environment, no. I, I, I felt, and I've stated this publicly, that the NBA should not, I don't think sports in general should, uh, partic- anyone should participate in sports, for, you know, until we get a handle on what's going on within this country and the world. So that's my personal opinion, but I just feel that there's just too many things at stake right now. So I think 2020 should be just a wash and just trying to get everything back on track. Really? So no sports at all? No sports at all. I mean, they've already shut it down, which is something I never thought I would see in my lifetime. 
uh, outside of, you know, a movie. And so to me, that was like the biggest component that I've taken from this, the fact that for the first time ever, literally outside of World War One and Two, which, you know, curtailed a lot of things, but to completely shut down sports was unimaginable for me. All right, well, and I brought this up a couple of times. Old Paul Neese joining us on the show. Like, when, when it comes to amateur sports, like, I, and I've, hey, listen, Old, I know we've only talked a couple of times, so it's weird to have to ex- just being explaining this because don't take this the wrong way. I'm sympathetic to the plight, but, you know, talking to a couple of football players that I've talked to, especially for the NFL, they've looked at it and they've said, listen, I, I have the right to work as much as any other non-essential business. Uh, if we can find a way to work and I can make money, that's what they say they can do. Now, for amateur sports, it's obviously maybe a little bit different. Do you kind of see that side to it, Olden, about the, the right I, to work there? I, I try to look at everybody's point of view on, on, on a lot of things because there's always got to be multiple views. But my thing is this. It's not about you working. It's about the distraction. And to me, that's the key component. It's the first time in forever that we've had – the attention of the world, basically. And so I just don't feel, you know, because that's what sports has always been. It's, it's been two things to me. It's been a distraction for whatever's going on in your life, and it's been the great equalizer, mm-hmm. you know, because it brings so many different people together, unbeknownst to them. You know, that's why I look at all this stuff. I'm seeing people, you know, being racist or whatever you want to call them. And by the way, there's racism in all races, Okay. Mm-hmm. But I see these people talk about, well, this guy is bad and all that stuff. I don't like him. But they have the team shirt on or the team hat. But so they actually root for the team. <laughs> but yet they have a problem with the person or the person's skin color. It's just mind-boggling to me. So I always feel that sports is the great equalizer. And so, and the great distraction. And right now, I just don't feel we need the distraction. And most of these guys can go, you know, to your point, yeah, amateur sports is way different. And so I see guys taking it upon themselves to say they're not going to play this year. You know, David Price just announced he's not going to play for family reasons or whatever reason. And so most of them have made enough money to take the rest of the year off. You know, but amateurs don't have that luxury. And so to me, you know, it's an eye-opener right now. And I'm just hoping that we don't get distracted by our work. Well, in terms of that, what about you know what about a welcome distraction that's needed? I mean, it, it, there will be people who listen. They 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 know about their real lives, and they know their real lives have been disrupted. But can sports hey. help out people? In, oh, go ahead, my brother. If we're gonna really have that discussion, the only welcome distraction I want is equity. I don't even want equality. I want equity. And so, to me, that's what that's what the discussion has to start. Because if you look at it, you know, and again, um, this is where we are right now. The, um, the SNL comedian Michael Chase said it perfectly. It's like we're at the minimum right now. Black lives matter. That's what we're fighting. That's our that's our starting point. Matters. Are you serious? And we have to even have this discussion in 2020 that black lives matter to where somebody has to say, well, all lives matter. Yes, all lives matter. That includes black lives. Oh, Paul Neese joining us on the show. Okay, so 
I, I'm sorry, because I, I, first I thought we were talking about the coronavirus at first. So we're talking about something a little bit different here. Um, well, old, it's all-encompassing. That's the thing. Well, and, that's, and, again, to the point of, you know, should we have sports, we still don't have a handle on the coronavirus. Okay. And but yet what, we want to open up. Okay, granted that it's going to be in a bubble, but you can't control players. One thing I know for certain, athletes are going to do what the hell they want to do. Of course. Of course. <laughs> you can put a curfew. But, you can put them in a bubble. They're going right. to do what they want to do. Well, let me ask you this, Olden. Let me ask you this. At what, po- at what point is it okay for them? Let's, let's stick with the pros. At what point is it okay for them to get back on the field and back on the court for you? Because I think that that's going to be – that, to me, is a thing that's going to be from person to person. So I ask you, because I'm sure I'll disagree at some point here, but but go ahead. When, when is the proper time to get back on the floor? I personally don't know. You know, I've been doing my own personal research, and I think everybody got to do their own research. What's, what's your comfort level? Because there's going to be guys that want to play. Like I said, personally, I would, I would play because I'm not afraid of the coronavirus. But, again, the reason why we're in this is not so much about me. It's about the, my brother next to me or my grandfather or my, or my cousin or my neighbor. That's the issue with this virus and the components of it. But personally, I don't give a damn. I'll go out and play. I'll, I'll walk around without a mask, you know, if I needed to or whatever, because I don't care because I'm not afraid of this. But there are other people that are at risk. And so that's what this virus has come down to. It's, it's, it's am I my brother's keeper type of thing. All right, Olden Paul. See, this is where I'm a little bit confused here. Are we are we t- are we talking about the virus? Are we talking about Black Lives Matter? Or are we talking about both? But we're talking about all of it because it's all encompassing. We can have any discussion you want to have, man. <laughs> I'm I'm capable and suited for all of it. Okay. Because again, okay. The coronavirus hit us. We're in the pandemic, but within this pandemic, we still have all this other crap that's going on with police brutality and black lives. And again, I don't want to keep talking about black lives matter. We should not still be referencing black lives matter. People should acknowledge the fact that lives matter, whether it's black, blue, pink, white, yellow, purple, green, orange. I can go on and on. Whatever colors people want to use, or all, all men are created equal. But yet I was owning slaves when I wrote men are created equal. And so to me, the bottom line is we, we have to understand these issues are not separate issues. Everything is all encompassing. We are fighting this Black Lives Matter movement within a pandemic. Well, see, this is where we have to figure it out. It's like, hey, we have this, 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 and this. Let's figure it out. There's problems everywhere. But we are in a pandemic still. But at the same time, at the same time, Olden, when it comes to the pandemic, at some point, I hope the pandemic subsides sooner than later. When we're talking about equality, or you're mentioning equity, I mean, we're talking about a decades, a centuries-long argument. We're talking about a centuries-long so, so at some point, like, we're not supposed to play sport. Like, when is that going to be oh, no, equitable? We I don't know. If- Eventually, we're going to get back to sports. We will have to get back to sports. The point I'm making is this. We started a season and we stopped. 
I don't. I just don't feel that we should. You know, we should continue. Just cancel the season. That's it. Oh. It's the fact that, like, again, it's way different with baseball. <laughs> okay. Baseball, okay. Baseball okay. hasn't started their season yet. You understand? So All they right. can pick up and start from the beginning. The NBA okay. started and it ended, and now they're trying to pick it back up. I was confused. See, I thought you were talking about – are you talking about all sports or are you talking about the NBA? Like, hey, th- that's the end of the season. Was, Let's start. Well, I was okay. talking about the NBA from the bubble standpoint. That's Woo. all I was talking about. Damn. Olden Paul, he's joining us on the show, 15-year NBA vet. Kurt Fox Sports NBA analyst. Find him on Twitter at Olden Paul Nice one All right, so what happened – if they're going to play and they're going to play – by the way, let me ask you something else. If LeBron said he was uncomfortable playing, do you think they'd play? If LeBron said it, I think they would still play, but it would be a big domino falling. Mm-hmm. But I think because um, Silk, he didn't, he didn't talk to LeBron when he shut the thing down. So I don't think he's going to talk to LeBron about you know starting it back up. So that's you know I think we give LeBron a little bit too much. You know, it's like the the game itself is bigger than any one player. You know, at the end of the day. So yeah. I think they would still continue playing even if LeBron said, hey, you know what, I'm not. I'm going to, for family reasons, for health reasons, or whatever reason, I'm not going to play. They would still continue. Because so these you... owners, they still want to make their money. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, well, let me ask you this, and I don't want to assume anything. Is there an asterisk then next to whoever wins this championship because of what's happened this year? Oh, definitely. There's a major asterisk. I mean, you can't, you you cannot not have an asterisk because it's like, wait a minute, we stop, started, we stopped, and then you know you're gonna have certain players playing, certain players saying they're not gonna play. I think there's gonna be more and more choices to begin, you know, right when we get to it, because I think fear factor is gonna come into play with a lot of guys. And again, like I said, you know, personally, I would, I'm ready to go right now. I'm 55 years old. I'll, shall I get in shape and play? But that's me. <laughs> All right, old Paul and he's joining. I mean, this is honestly old. I, 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 I didn't know where you were coming from at first. Now I got some understanding. All right, just give me, give well, me who you do know you why? Because it, it, it's that kind of thing. It is very, you know, confusing sometimes. I and was. so I was just trying to get some clarity on all of it because it's all kind of all encompassing. You know, you really can't talk about one without the other right now. On none of this stuff. We can't talk about anything without talking about all the other stuff. So they all tie together. That's true. Well, okay. So can I get a pick? Who do you, who do you pick to win the finals then this year? Whoever has the health, the most healthy players. <laughs> Shoot. Whoever don't come down with COVID. I don't know. It's like it's going to be a free fall right now. Because to me, what's going to come down to is the psychological aspect of it all. Who has the mindset? And if I'm going by looking at different teams with the mental breakup only, forget physical, I'm looking <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. Uh, <laughs> you know, the mental, the mental, I see the Portland Trailblazers as being a team. I see the Milwaukee Bucks, you know. And so, to me, it's got to probably come down to something along those lines. Who's, who's stronger mentally? All right. Old night. I thank you very much for the time. All the best to you and yours. All right. Thank you.
Pierno. Do we have Pierno yet? Yeah, and I was, I was saying goodbye to our guest. Okay. How you doing? That was uh, that was something, man. That was uh that was pretty pretty interesting. No, that was confused. a workout. That, if that's my fault, I apologize. I was confused because I didn't know where we were going with that. But that was all right. That was all right. I think we'll have to break that down when we come back. Sucks that that's the way you get off the show today. I just hope we got whatever it is that we, I was supposed sure to get. Did. I think we did. Uh, coming up at. 12.40 p.m. Eastern. Jordan DeJani going to join us. <laughs> you, CBS, are worn, you are worn out. CBS Sports NFL writer. I wasn't. I picked the wrong day to quit drinking. Uh, coming up at noon, we'll do the top five. Nick Theodoro, the great Nick Theodoro will do that. There's, there's a little bit to break down there because there's a whole lot of confusion, and I think, honestly, folks, what that just was, I mean, that's, that's 2020 in a nutshell. That's 2020 in a nutshell. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Uh, we'll get back to that. And, uh, yeah, the messenger is rarely perfect. In fact, and this kind of goes with everything, the messenger is rarely perfect. In fact, they never are. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 